All right, cool. Well, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the Amazon Workspaces session at AWS reInvent 2016. Uh, my name is Salman, and I'm delighted to be here to talk about Amazon Workspaces. Amazon Workspaces is a cloud desktop computing surface uh, that, hub, uh, that helps organizations meet the need of the demanding and mobile uh, global workforce of today's organizations. Today in this talk, we will cover core concepts that are central to the service and to our customers. We'll talk about the user experience, which is critical to what most organizations want to solve for. We'll talk about cost, security, and ultimately what really helps IT organizations really transform their function and be more agile for this global demanding workforce. So let's get started. Uh, in this session, we'll cover uh, a host of things. We'll start off with the challenges that organizations face today in desktop computing or end-user computing in their organizations today. We'll talk a little bit about the failed promise of on-premises VDI. A show of hands, how many uh, of you are familiar with on-premises VDI? Nice, that's a nice, nice crowd. And how many do you have an on-premises VDI installation right now? Okay. So this will be a contentious topic because I'm going to talk about what our customers have told us why on-premises VDI has not worked for them. I'll give you an overview of Amazon Workspaces, its core capabilities, its key benefits. We'll talk about use cases where our Workspaces is relevant. I want to talk a little bit about customer stories that you guys can take away from this talk today and, and think about how you can apply some of the similar concept in your organizations today and we'll do um, a recap. As part of this, we'll also stop for 10 minutes, and I want to walk you through a demo of what it means to set up an Amazon Workspaces in less than 10 to 15 minutes. What are users, how are they managed, what kind of settings and directory level settings we provide, what are directories, all of that. I want to demo that um, in about 10 minutes within the session. So let's start with talking about the challenges that organizations face today with desktop productivity. I thought about how should I talk about this in particular, and I think what's resonated well with our customers over, over the years a service has been available is that there are sets of motivation uh, in an organization that uh, folks in an organization are motivated by separate things. For example, admins are motivated by securing resources. Their job is also to provide a great desktop experience or an end-user computing experience to their users of an organization. These users are demanding more, pushing the boundaries of what, where work can be done, how can it be done, and on what devices. And they have to support that while secure, securing corporate resources for compliance reasons just, just, or just for general security of, of the corporate resources. Everyone is motivated by lowering cost structure. I haven't come across one customer who would say, hey, I want to pay more for the service. Or how I want to do, I want to do uh, uh, less and pay more. So lowering cost structure is a great motivator for some of these organizations. They want to simplify their administration so they can get time back in doing things that they can uh, innovate on behalf of their organizations. So they don't want to spend doing mundane, repetitive tasks that are simple to manage at the AWS cloud. And they like our service because of that. And they really want to be able to reach scale quickly being able to replicate what they did in a particular region to serve a particular user base and then replicate that at scale within minutes using the AWS console or using the APIs that are provided by Amazon Workspaces. 
users in your organization are motivated by a separate set of things. They care about security, they care about the organization cost structure, but they're motivated by getting their work done. They're motivated by doing their work anywhere, on any device, at any time. These things tend to create this natural, healthy tension between an IT organization, your help desk, your IT organization, and your users that you're trying to serve. So um, companies and enterprises in the past have relied on other technologies to help solve this challenge, to help address this need to move at pace uh, of today's innovation, solving a problem for a global workforce that can prop up in any uh, given geography, securing resources through tools that are existing that have not worked or failed to deliver on their promise. So a lot of folks in this audience talked about, um, lifted their hand uh, when I asked the question about on-premises VDI. What are our customers telling us about why the uh, on-premises VDI has failed to deliver on its promise? The first and foremost, it is a high capex spend that organizations no longer want to make. The thought exercise is, if I need to bring up a thousand more users, support a thousand more users on on-premises VDI, I have to get infrastructure. Am I getting enough? These are the questions they ask themselves. Am I getting too much? What if I need to scale faster in a different region or in a different geography? That high capital expenditure creates for this inflex inflexibility that organizations don't want to deal with no longer. Obviously, by buying and procuring machines and physical servers and desktop infrastructure, you have long lead times. You can't offer that scale and agility to your organization if you have to wait for these services to arrive for weeks on premises. So this is the failed promise of VDI. Although it provides the benefits of securing resources and access to them in a secure manner, it takes a lot for you to do. Obviously, we talked a little bit about why it's hard to scale. You can't easily replicate the things that you're doing across the globe quickly, and it requires specialized resources. What we've heard from our customers is that they do not want to invest in specialized resources to do this kind of work. They want to take that specialized resource and think of innovative ways to serve their organization, whether it be developing new applications or working through an internal process to improve the overall responsiveness of uh, IT help desk or the IT organization's availability to their users. They don't want to be in the business of managing uh, and um, holding specialized resources to do what they don't want to do anymore. So three years ago, um, we made publicly available Amazon workspaces, and our charter was to be able to solve these problems for our customers. Centrally, across all, what's most important to us as a service and also to our customers is delivering a great desktop experience. This desktop experience manifests itself as a streamed experience for the desktop, which lives in the AWS cloud, onto a client end device. We stream the bits, therefore no data lo uh, leaves the desktop, and it's a compressed stream of, uh, of, of bits. Uh, that's 256 AES uh, bit encrypted at rest and in transit. So you never have to worry about security of your desktops. Where is the data? It's always in the cloud. What is the user experience? At low network or bad network scenarios where you have high jitter, the workspaces performs well. And that's the goal we have set out for our, for our as, a, as a service, to provide a great desktop experience which actually improves the, uh, the user experience. 
couple of things will go over in, in this uh, arena is also the internet connectivity. Your workspaces get the high availability of EBS that we use as the backing store of volumes. All that underlying infrastructure that AW has built, we build on top of it to provide you a managed service that your users will love. We talked about a high CapEx spend and uh, for on-premises VDI. Workspaces pay as you go. There are two elements to this. The pay-as-you-go model applies, obviously, to the workspace that you provision, and which can be, excuse me, uh, the workspaces that you provision, and you only pay for what you use, which is the infrastructure, but also the licensing component. You can use Amazon workspaces to scale up by one, or by a hundred, or by a thousand, and you only pay for the licenses that you use, meaning we, in the monthly fee that we charge, we cover all that for you. So it's a simplified, your decision-making process simplifies your licensing structure for using uh, Windows-based desktops uh, in the AWS cloud. We, uh, Workspaces provides APIs, monitoring, and health through CloudWatch, and it simplifies administration, because now you have a central place in which you can actually manage all of your desktops. You don't have to have a very uh, off, an offline fleet. You always have an online fleet that shows up in your Active Directory as machine accounts that you can manage through a click of a button through the AWS Management Console or through using our APIs and instrumenting them. A good example of it is when you're onboarding new employees, you're thinking about how should we give them their productivity suite, their desktop and all the applications. With Workspaces, you can script all of that. You can, when as soon as someone onboards and folks use ServiceNow as a means to do a workflow for onboarding, they hook into our APIs to create for that user they're onboarding a new workspace. When you create a new workspace, they get an email with a download link for client applications that can access workspaces, and off they go. They have all the applications that you configured as part of an image, and they can use that quickly. So it simplifies your story for management of desktops at scale and, and globally in a centralized location. We talked about security, and I'll sort of talk a little bit more. No data leaves your workspace. You're not, you don't have the instances where you actually left your laptop at a coffee shop or an airport lounge and have to worry about how would you recover that corporate critical data. It's all in the cloud. It's all secured. All that's going back out to the user is streamed bits of, of the desktop experience over the wire. This is also encrypted, so it's, it's secure. It scales globally. We are an AWS service that's in seven, available in seven regions at the moment. So you can do what you did in one region and expand that to other regions seamlessly with a few clicks of a button. And it provides a consistent experience. So some of our customers have come and told us how they have got additional technology to pack and densely pack their users on VDI instances or virtual uh, machines to get the cost benefit they want to uh, derive from the service. They don't have to make that compromise here. We are a pay-as-you-go service with low monthly and hourly billing options, and we'll go over that in more uh, in detail in a bit. So you don't have to make those trade-offs. So that was the overview of Amazon Workspaces, and I want to quickly describe the use cases where customers are actually making use of uh, Workspaces and realizing benefits in their organization. The first and foremost is knowledge workers. I myself. I've been dedicated to Amazon Workspace through Amazon.com for two and a half years. I only use it as, as my primary means of doing work. And a lot of knowledge worker productivity use cases are solved by folks who are encouraged by the BYOD model. I, for, for example, do that myself at work. And I get provision in Amazon Workspace for my general day-to-day -day tasks. 
But there are a whole bunch of other use cases that our customers keep, tell us that they have been able to quickly and easily solve for, which would be hard to do uh, uh, via on-premises VDI or physical laptops, such as mergers and acquisitions. Or your organizations are uh, dynamic now. People are uh, coming into your organization quickly and perhaps leaving also quickly. And so that merger and acquisitions and divestures really plays well with, our, uh, with the story of what we provide as a service. You can quickly onboard new users using our APIs, and you can also quickly offboard users when you have a divestor situation. Temporary workers, people only doing work for a few days in a week, a few weeks in a month, contract workers, all of those, the, the additional work to support that kind of use case today is a burden for our customers who indicated that they don't want to be in the business of managing all of that. I want to offload everything to Amazon Workspaces to help their desktop needs. Training and demos is another use case that is very relevant from our, uh, from our customers. Developer community is also pretty um, relevant. Uh, developers get a, get a desktop experience with all their applications and tooling configured as an image, and they just log into everything pre-configured. So they have higher productivity because they don't have to worry about downloading tools, installing software, and getting it configured in a place that will be hard and takes time. So your onboarding could go from weeks to days for new, uh, new developers. Last but not least, there are a couple others. There are call center uh, use cases where you have a rotational um, uh, schedule of, of employees or task workers who are trying to get a work done, and Amazon Workspaces helps with that because you, you have flex, uh, variability in seasons that requires you to provision more um, infrastructure uh, for these kind of use cases. But with Workspaces, you can do that more quickly. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the benefits. I covered an overview, gave you a little bit of use cases that customers use uh, workspaces for. Let's cover benefits. So one, the thing that we consistently hear from our customers is simplifies their desktop deployments. Let's do a thought exercise. Let's say you want to do an additional installation of 3,000 more users on your on-premises VDI or through laptops. These users have to be brought on within, uh, within weeks or days. And think about the logistics of having to do that. You actually have to go and call your vendors and get that order placed. The order gets placed. It gets shipped. You have to take inventory. You have to manage that inventory. All that is non-existent with workspaces. You have to have support for storage for these kind of desktop scenarios. Maybe a SAN. Maybe some sort of a Netflix file share. Because we provide EBS-backed volumes, that requirement goes away. You don't have to set up networking that's specialized to serve these kind of use cases because Amazon Workspaces get streamed over the Internet. And we'll talk about how do we secure that additionally in the next slide. You get monitoring through CloudWatch Petrix, CloudWatch Alarms, CloudWatch Monitoring, and through our APIs. So in the central location, you know who is online, you know who is connected at any given point in time, the users being connected, and being able to track that on a, at a global scale is what our customers tell us has been able to be a, a pretty change, a changing in their uh, current thinking about how they deploy desktops to their environment. And this is the next benefit is key. We provide this desktop environment that at scale that quickly is configurable, but it plays well with existing infrastructure that you already have in place. Customers tell us that the fact that they have infrastructure for multi-factor authentication, for radius-based multi-factor authentication, they have infrastructure for Active Directory, they have an SCCM tool to deploy patches, GPO policies, 
replacing all of that with a new, new type of, of way, means of doing it was a non-starter for them. So we continue to build on this and make sure that Workspaces just works with existing tools that you've already invested in for your, for your, um, for your organization. You have quick and instant access to internet resources, the line of business applications, whether it be an HR portal, whether it be some sort of a payroll application. You have instant access because workspaces join to your domain and show up as machine accounts, part of your domain that you can manage. The next benefit that's worth talking about, and we recently introduced this flexible billing model for workspaces, is now we have two billing options. Previously, we had a simple flat monthly fee designed for full-time use cases. And based on feedback from our customers, we, were, we introduced on August, in August of this year an hourly billing option. These two options get you the ability to serve a large, wide range of use cases so that you can target them and, and save money without compromising on any of the benefits we just talked about, simplifying desktop management, security, uh, scale, all of that. So how does monthly billing work? Monthly billing is a simple flat fee per user that you pay on a month, so it simplifies your bill, designed for full-time users in mind. These people are just like me and folks in an organization that do their day-to-day -day tasks on Amazon Workspaces. These people require instant access, meaning if I am connecting to my workspace, I want to get there in two seconds, three seconds. And all my applications where I left them last are there where they are. My Outlook is caching all my emails. My chat is already updated with folks that have pinged me. I see no interruption. Whether it be a weekend job that I have to do, whether it be at night that I have to crank out a blog post for a service launch, whatever it may be. Full-time employees best served with monthly, work, uh, monthly billing. But we have a whole spectrum of use cases. We talked about temporary workers. We talked about contract workers, people who need access to a desktop for a few days in a month or a few hours in a day that will not be cost-effective to do on a monthly basis. For that, we introduced hourly billing. Hourly billing is designed for part-time employees that helps you optimize your bill. We've heard from customers that they can save up to 40 to 50%, depending on their use case, because we have now provided an, um, an hourly billing option. You can run ad hoc tasks, meaning you can start up the workspaces using APIs and run ad hoc tasks, such as background jobs that are necessary to apply GPO policy, keep updates, hap, uh, updates applied based on your own uh, internal policies using APIs, so it's great for ad hoc tasks. And it provides quick access. So one of the feature capabilities that we introduced with uh, hourly billing was this running mode concept called auto-stop. And I'll walk over that concept um, in a demo very quickly. So the idea here is when users are connected to their Amazon workspaces, and when, while they're using it, we, there's no service interruption, obviously. They continue to use workspaces. But when they disconnect, after a certain configurable period of time, we actually save the state of applications to disk, so all open applications and open documents that were there before will come back up to where they were before they left uh, uh, their workspace, meaning that they quick access in a, few, in a few seconds, you'll get back to your exact environment with all applications and open documents open where they were last. These two options provide our customers the ability to sort of optimize and simplify their bill, serve more use cases, and really expand their use of Amazon workspaces.
So over the past few years, what has the service been doing? The service has been innovating based on a lot of customer feedback. We've had over 20 service announcements in the past three years. Um, both uh, critical key ones obviously have been so things such as multi-factor authentication support, meaning you can use your existing radius infrastructure to be able to deliver um, the same kind of security model you have for your your desktops or VPN clients. We made workspaces accessible in additional regions that have perhaps uh, high application uh, uh, sense, uh, application latency sensitive workloads. We made workspaces available on PC over IP0 clients. These are low-cost hardware devices that are only streaming uh, the workspaces uh, and nothing else on them. So it improves the security posture. We introduced the concept of custom images. We talked about this in the beginning of the talk, how you can create and create a configuration that you can deliver to your users seamlessly without having to replicate that work through an image. That's all done in, in, through our console and APIs. We added support for Chromebooks, bringing your own license, high DPI screens. We talked a little bit about hourly workspaces. And recently, we also announced graphics workspaces as well. Let me walk you through some of the recent announcements in more detail. And I'm also very excited to announce today that we will make Windows 10 provided by Server 2016 available to our customers very soon. This means that you can now have a Windows 7 and a Windows 10 in, uh, operating experience that you can configure for your users based on your use cases. So in the past six months, we obviously had the support for Windows 10 bringing your own license, which is the enterprise option that is uh, you can bring to workspaces. Hourly workspaces, we talked about that briefly. We added support for an additional region, which is we're now in Frankfurt as well. Now we're in total of seven regions. The graphics bundle, uh, which is also very new, a few weeks uh, announced a few weeks ago, is a GPU-based bundle designed for CAD, CAM, and CAE engineering workloads uh, for organizations that have designers, that have 3D application builders, and want to give them a desktop experience that they can use in the AWS cloud with the additional benefit that all that petabyte scale data that they already have in the AWS cloud is now very close, light feet, uh, if you would, close to, to the actual desktop. So their productivity has been improved as a result of that. And obviously, in a very few days, um, coming soon is uh, Amazon Workspace's Windows 10 support. So this is a new bundle offering that we will uh, provide for all of our hardware options. And we'll launch graphics soon after that. And it should be coming very soon. So pretty excited about that. Okay, I'll take a quick pause. And I think it's good, a good time to sort of segue into walking you through how it is easy to configure and launch workspaces for your users through our Amazon Workspaces uh, Management Console. So I'll switch over gears and, and walk you through that. Uh, we'll cover key concepts such as what are directories? How do you assign users to those directories? What kind of settings are available to you on those directories? Um, how do you monitor these workspaces once launched? And then we'll go over some of the, that specifics in a sequence of things. So after switch, uh, and give me a second, I'll get that started. Okay, so I think, um, yeah, we're on the Amazon Workspaces Management Console. I'll just show people how to get to it quickly. Uh, under the Services tab, you have Enterprise Applications. So if you go to the Enterprise Applications tab, you'll see Amazon Workspaces as listed as that, one of the top hits under that. 
So when you go to Amazon Workspaces, this is my account. I have a couple demo workspaces already created for, as part of um, uh, this exercise. And I'll walk you through how to launch, set up users, and create workspaces. Okay. So uh, when you want to start off creating a new workspace, you click on the Launch Workspace button, and you get presented with a directory screen. I have already pre-configured a simple Active Directory, which is a simple AD provided by the uh, Amazon Directory Services. But we have three options. You have an AD connector option, which is you, something that you set up with your on-premises or in the AWS Cloud Active Directory as a connector to it. Or you can deploy a, a Microsoft managed Active Directory in the AWS Cloud. The current directory that I'm using, I'm not going to go through the exact directory setup per se, but I'm, I'm going to be demoing on a simple AD uh, option, which I pre-configured for, uh, for part of this demo. So in this case, I already had a, a directory created. It's called corp.amazonworkspaces.com. It's a simple name and has a directory ID. These are things that you can use to locate the directory, and I'll walk you through that a bit. So the next step is creating users or selecting users. So once you have a directory, you can create users or select users. In this case, I'll go and create a user. I'll say reInvent 2016. I'll use my name. You provide a first name, last name, and an email. Once the user has been created, you'll scroll down and you see we already pre-select that user for you for launching a workspace. You also have the ability to show all users in your directory to launch workspaces with. Four, actually. So I have a bunch of users here. I won't go through exactly all the users, but as you can see, I have the ability to launch workspaces for a lot more users by selecting on the checkbox on the left-hand side and clicking on Add Selected. I click Next. And this is where you get options for the different types of bundles we provide. We didn't cover this in detail, so I want to talk, walk you uh, through this a bit. We have four bundle options today. We have the value bundle designed with task workers in mind that need a, a couple of critical line of business applications or accessing a couple of uh, web browser applications through workspaces. We have uh, the standard bundle designed for general office productivity in mind. Those who need a general office productivity, it comes with two vCPUs and four gigs of memory. The value bundle comes with one vCPU and two gigs of memory. And then we have the performance bundle. Also, that's you here. We have the performance bundle, which has two vCPUs and eight gigs of memory. This is designed with power users in mind. People who have heavy use of Excel. People who have heavy use of doing some sort of data anal analytics work. Um, I myself use that particular one because I'm crunching in numbers a, a lot. So there, we have these three options. And then we recently talked about the availability of the graphics bundle. The graphics bundle is designed with, as I mentioned earlier, is with CAD, CAM, and uh, design engineering workers in mind. And it comes with 8 vCPUs and 15 gigabytes of memory. Also has 100 gigabytes of root and volume storage uh, on both volumes each. So you can pick from one. Uh, as part of that, you'll also see listed options such as um, Value with Windows 10, uh, Office and 2013. These are the plus bundle options that we offer our customers. So I'm actually going to go, oops, sorry. 
Looks like I went back one. Actually, it's good to demo the, the search capability here, so I'll just do that. So this is the Workspaces 2016 one that we added. We'll just, just make sure that we just select that again. Uh, in this case, I'll select a standard with Windows 10. Uh, the reason we display that name is obviously we have, we'll be adding very soon the Windows 10 capability. So the bundle name will help you understand which operating system you're choosing. Click on Next. And this page prevents, presents to you a couple of options. We talked about the billing options that are supported with Workspaces, and they're actually configured with a running mode. Uh, this also gives you an indication of how the workspaces will perform. The always-on running mode is a, an instance that has never been shut down. It's always-on, and we maintain it. And you, uh, it's always running, and users can connect to it instantly. It's billed on by the monthly, uh, monthly billing. Then we have the hourly billing options, which is powered by the auto-stop running mode, and where the instance is the workspaces instance is stopped <clears throat> with application state and data saved to local to disk so that the next time the user gets connected, they can open that back up and the cursor is where they left it last. This takes about 45 seconds to 60 seconds to get resumed from that. But these two options give you the ability to uh, decide what you want to do for that particular user and the use case. Obviously, this is available through our APIs as well, but this is just showing you what we have available in the management console. So in this case, I'll select... Um, the uh, always on and the set the auto stop time to be two hours, which means if you and I disconnect from our workspace, it, we will wait two hours before we stop it. There are instances where you want to make it an hour, which is absolutely fine, which means that, um, for example, you're done with the, your day's work, and after an hour of that, to make sure that we don't stop it uh, too quickly, uh, we give you that window to make sure you can get back in and get some work done and then shut it after you're, you're done using it. So I'll set this one as two hours. A couple other things worth talking about here is encryption. We offer um, the, uh, the customers the ability to encrypt the volumes associated with workspaces using AWS KMS, the AWS KMS service. You can use a default key, or you can use your own custom-built keys in AWS KMS to encrypt the workspaces, which means that the data is encrypted at rest and in transit when it's being stored locally to disk. So you have that option. In this case, I'll skip that for the sake of this exercise, and then you have an option to pick the key. Also on this page, you have the option to tag the workspace. This is great for uh, customers who want to do cost-based allocation, so therefore they have multiple organizational units, and they want to assign cost to these organizational units based on the tag they associate with the work set of workspaces. In this case, I'll do tag. I'll say AWS reInvent. Okay, last step is the review page. We review all the settings, we review the what configuration you had created, and you're ready to launch the workspace. This is the name, just making sure everything is there, and you can change the settings here as well if you so wish uh, on a per workspaces basis. I'm not gonna do that, I'm just gonna go ahead and click launch workspaces. Okay. So you get a message on the top of the screen that says it may take up to 20 minutes to get that workspaces ready and make it available to the user. What's happening in the background, we're creating the instance, we're attaching the volumes, we're 
making sure the, the user profile is properly loaded, and all that stuff is happening in the background. Obviously, making sure the instance is getting joined to your domain, and any first-time policies that you get applied on machine accounts that get joined to the domain are being applied. So that takes a little bit of time for it to be ready for, for use. If I refresh the page, the instance should show up as pending. There we go. So this instance that we workspace instance we launched comes with a bundle which is standard with Windows 7 and Office 2013. We made sure we disabled encryption. Here's the organization name. This is a ID that's generated, or you can configure the name, and it tells you the running mode. So it'll make make sure that you understand that hey, this this particular workspace is running on an hourly basis where you pay for uh, a low flat monthly fee for storage, but you, everything else is by the hour as you use it. So once we have this, the workspace done, if an email gets sent out to the user with login details where they set up their password if they already are not joined to an Active Directory on, on, on premises or in the AWS cloud. Meaning if you're managing a full Active Directory, um, the users don't have to set a new password. You can log in with your domain credentials, and they'll be able to get into their workspaces. But if you're using a brand new directory and they do not have their users set up already, um, at that point, they'll have to set up a password, and they get an email for that based on the email that you configured, and they go about doing that. I'll, sh I'll show you a quick demo of that. Before that, I want to walk through a little bit about the different options we provide on a directory basis. So the directory that we were using was corp.amazonworkspaces.com, uh, and what I want to go and show you is the detail, the, the settings and configuration that we provide on a directory basis. So it's worth talking about a directory. A directory is a, is a combination of computer and objects, much like anyhow, any way you understand what a directory is today in today's world. And you can apply workspaces-level settings to the directory that was created in the AWS cloud or the directory that joins to your on-premises directory. And these settings are target domain and organization unit, so you can sort of make sure the workspaces gets part joined to a very specific OU um, and as part of your organization. You can add additional security groups. I don't have any at the moment here, but you can add additional security groups. So you can say, I don't want certain traffic from workspaces going out to a certain port, and I want to block that as part of your policy. You can make sure you can you can set those up, and, and encourage you to look at what AWS security groups are, and that concept can be applied to workspaces. Access to the internet. So by default, uh, we provide access to the internet, and that's mean that means it is an IGW. I'm not sure uh, if the audience here understands that concept from uh, from AWS, but it's an internet gateway that we make available. Uh, uh, on behalf of our customers, the traffic for Internet Gateway is consumed as a service that uh, the customers pay for because that depends on how much Internet they use, but we make it easy for that setup to happen. So you can provide Internet access uh, to your users instantly by this directory uh, setting. This is also new, web access. So Amazon Workspaces provides a connection from a host of client applications. These include Windows, Mac, PCRIP clients, uh, and other clients such as Chromebook clients. The web access client uh, is where you can actually access workspaces through a Chrome or a Firefox browser. This new capability helps you prevent you know, additional downloads of applications where you don't need to, or you have network restrictions where port 4172, which is an important um, mechanism for us to stream the PCRIP traffic, uh, can't reach um, that particular location. 
for web access client is a WebRTC-based protocol that uh, we usually deployed, and you can use that to connect to your Amazon workspaces. Uh, as, as working with our customers on this feature, some customers don't want to allow access from the web. So you can enable it or disable it based on your particular needs. And it's on a per-directory basis. So this directory concept could be that you have multiple directories, and some users in, assigned in a directory can have access, while others you may want to restrict access bec- uh, through that setting. Local admins, that's also important for uh, the organization who want to restrict what users can do by installing software. This enables you to either set that setting to give them that power to do what they need to or disable it. And the last one is maintenance mode. We talk a lot about um, build, billing by the hour. In the case of when billing by the hour, the workspaces instance are actually stopped. These instances are stopped, which means that they are no longer connected to you actively online. So you'll, the maintenance mode uh, as a feature of the service gives um, you the ability for us to do maintenance and pr- provide uh, application updates uh, on a schedule basis. And we do that every third Sunday of the month uh, because Windows app, app, uh, updates are available then. And then maintenance means that we will bring these auto-stop workspaces up, apply these Windows updates, and then shut them down making sure all the application state was there where it was left last. Okay, those are the, that's the um, directory level page. And I think it's worth showing you what the experience is when you want to connect to a workspace. So this is my Amazon workspace. You'll see this is the uh, Amazon workspace's uh, native client application. I've already entered the username and password, and this, this particular client on a directory level basis has a setting to quickly reconnect to their instance for about 12 hours, controlled by your Kerberos ticket uh, expiration time, so it gives you that seamless experience of quickly getting back into your work. And on the bottom right hand, you'll see this network uh, link that tells you how is that connection between this client device and your workspace? How do we think you will perform? How will your session be? Obviously, the three states are something that's green, which means you should be good and have a great experience. Orange, which means you may have a poor experience depending on certain things that may show up here. Red, meaning you cannot connect. For example, if you have no network connection, meaning I unplug this and turn off my Wi-Fi, there's no network connection. If I don't have an internet connection, we'll show that, and so on and so forth. So the round trip time is 24 milliseconds. We talked about user experience being central. We believe under anything that has uh, under 200 millisecond round-trip time in terms of latency and uh, um, a bare minimum 250 kilobit download connection will be able to serve a decent user experience, a good user experience. Okay, let me dismiss that, and then I'll simply connect. It takes about a couple of seconds. And the Amazon Workspace is up. Is up. Now I'm actually streaming a full desktop experience from the cloud to this room. One thing worth calling out and something we talk a lot about is the reason why the user experience is better because it's consistent performance, yes. Provides you quick access to corporate resources, yes. But this is also telling. Um, In the sense that the download speeds you get here, the internet connectivity download speeds you get here are bar none because you're making use of the AWS backbone to get to the internet from the workspace. So sort of really compelling for a lot of our customers who have that kind of workload, but they want to get quickly connected to resources and even uh, from, from the Internet, and they can do that uh, quickly from Amazon Workspaces. Okay, I'll just disconnect. 
And time to go back to the slides. Give me a second. Okay. We did a demo. Now let's talk about customers. So who's using Amazon Workspaces? We have a host of customers using this in production. Uh, we have Yamaha. We have Ahead, Endemol Shine, March of Dimes, Serverworks. That's a com uh, customer in Japan. Takaya is a customer in Japan. Louisiana State Department of Corrections, uh, and many others that have used Workspace as a uh, as a go-to for their VDI. In particular, I want to highlight two stories that I think are relevant for the audience, and I think you guys can take away from it a lot of key lessons, what um, may be helpful in your organization. Let's talk about Endemol Shine Netherlands. Now, this is a company that is a media company that does production of a lot of shows. The Big Brother was one of their ma major success uh, stories. And they have media crews across the globe shooting, editing, producing content um, across the globe. And the challenge they had was that in, in these locations, they actually had to ship physical PCs. They actually had to do go through that process of doing logistics, go to the process of setting up, go to the process of making networking and storage available in all these locations globally. So what would take two weeks to set up was reduced down to a few minutes with Amazon Workspaces. They particularly code that with Amazon Workspaces, we are able to provide video crews with a secure cloud desktop they can run on their own device while on site. By using Workspaces, we save 70% on PC capital expenditure and 30% on desktop operations, while reducing our preparation time from two weeks to two hours. Now, they've taken all that additional time, all that additional uh, uh, cost savings, and apply that to innovation in their organization, and process improvements and additional application building, because they have the, now the budget to do that. They don't have to sit around waiting for desktops to arrive. They don't have to sit down and configure the things that were landing for them, and then do that all over again for media crews all over the world. So we were able to take their cost structure down. We were, we were able to give them a lot more flexibility. Um, clearly, they made were made more agile, and they're reusing that benefit to other purposes that are critical to their organization at the moment. Yamaha Motor Company. This is a, this is a VDI refresh story. I know you all, a lot of folks in the room raised their hands when we talked about VDI refresh or VDI on-premises. And so Yamaha Motor Company was going through a VDI refresh, um, and the first thing that they sort of stopped and thought about was, why would we do that? They thought, they thought about the same exercise we went over in the earlier slides. They thought about logistics. They thought about CapEx spend. They thought about specialized resources. They thought, thought about lead times. So when, as every organization is getting more modern, it's not only about just getting uh, more hardware for uh, the uh, new users. In this particular case, the applications were demanding to upgrade their servers, which is a very true and, and um, for most organizations. Like as, as we go into more modern times, we, our application demands become higher. So they chose Amazon Workspaces to provide a managed cloud desktop experience as an alternate to their VDI. So rather than investing all the hardware, they simply use our APIs and our management console to give hundreds of desktops, thousands of desktops, to so their users 
using Amazon Workspace as a code for them, is that with Amazon Workspaces, we no longer need to worry about the inevitable virtual desktop infrastructure refresh cycle. We are now working to retire our on-premises VDI solution entirely. And this is a company that's making a very large transformation in, in thinking and also in execution operationally, which is hard for organizations to do. But the benefits of doing that outweigh the, the change in policy and thinking in an organization. So they were able to break through that mold and move more modern, move more quickly by not having to rely on an outdated way of doing things by moving to the AWS cloud. Time for a recap. So remember Amazon Workspaces provides fast, secure desktops that offer consistent performance that users will love. It simplifies desktop management at global scale. You can centrally manage and monitor these workspaces using CloudWatch and our APIs, and you no longer have to worry about where is that rogue laptop, why is that offline, when it comes online, what do we need to do to mitigate from that, from, from any security risk that that brings. Talk about scales globally within minutes. You create these custom images. You have these profiles of hardware bundles, and you can deploy that to your users quickly. Plays well with existing tools. Whatever infrastructure you set up today, and there's a lot of investment already been made in Microsoft Active Directory, SCCM, intranet resources, it all works, just works with Amazon Workspaces. We integrate with your Active Directory using AD Connector. We didn't do the demo of the AD Connector, uh, but that's an additional uh, option provided to you uh, by the directory services which we integrate with. And ultimately, it lowers complexity and cost. So we're delivering a great user experience and lowering cost are things that usually have high tension. And these are trade-offs that custom users and organizations have to make. And ultimately, users suffer or the organizations take a, a higher cost to serve those, those demanding users. With Amazon Workspaces, you don't have to make that compromise. You can offer them better performance, stronger performance, and at the same time, improve your overall cost for your organization. Okay, so that's the end of my talk. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And, and at this time, we have time to do a little bit of Q&A. So I'd encourage folks, there are two microphones on each side of the aisle. If you have any questions, I'm happy to take them on stage. <laughs>